Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Growth, where we share the wisdom, the stories and the insight from business owners. Hi, my name is John Cassie Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. I am your local Federation of Small Business Membership Advisor, meeting and supporting business owners from all industries. Today I'm delighted to have Dwight with us. Hi Dwight. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. So tell me a little bit about your business and... uh, how did you get started? Okay, well, um, I'm a. I did my apprenticeship many years ago as a motor mechanic um, and motor motor diesel and petrol mechanic. Um, I never really pursued the, the mechanical side for many years, but um, over the years, through circumstances, I got more and more involved in um, engineering again for aerospace and shipping and all that kind of stuff, um, and. Over the last, say, three or four years, um, a lot of more people and my colleagues got um, interested in 3D printing. Um, I've got a, a uh, history or a, a lot of experience of web design. So I thought I was going to start up setting up a business um, to do web design. But I found that um, Hampshire, there's, there's a, an awash with um, web designers. So I was looking for an, a UPS uh, to try and promote myself a little bit. And because I was in 3D printing, I started promoting 3D printing. I felt that they kind of complemented each other from a a digital design perspective. Um, And as I started launching the 3D uh, printing, I found that there was, in Hampshire, there's more and more of a um, a gap in the market because there's a lot of people who are registered as 3D printers, about six or seven registered in Hampshire as 3D printers, but only about three of us um, 3D print. So since launching, I've had a lot, a lot more um, requests for 3D printing than I have for um, web design. So I started moving more into 3D printing, uh, more towards so providing um, products for for customers uh, because a lot of the time people can't find products anymore, or they've stopped the manufacturer stopped producing the products. So I'll I'll be able to redraw and reproduce the products for the um, um, customer. So it's kind of uh, happened by chance in some ways, um, but it is a my background being in engineering and and the trade, and that it, it doesn't it doesn't conflict. I mean, it kind of all complements the the fact that I'm doing what I what I love doing. That's designing. Um, yes, absolutely. So. When you say producing products for someone, what would be your typical product and maybe what would be an unusual 3D printing that you've done? Well, the typical product will be um, it's car spare. So a manufacturer, an automotive manufacturer will produce a car for about 10 years. After that, they'll produce spares for about five years. And then the spares start becoming rare. So I get stuff like um, little... um, Ratchet for you know, a gear ratchet for a handbrake, um, roof carrier um, washers. Uh, I, I get uh, door handles, uh, the, the the trimmings on the front of the car. So I get those type of things, um, which are quite quite common. I get a lot of um, um, prototypes. People will push me push prototypes to me and say they want something because they're developing. At the moment, I'm actually running a a prototype that somebody's a customer recently come to me for, which is quite rich. It's some kind of wheels, um, but it's about a, it's a 
five-day print. So it's quite a quite a big thing. That's quite a rare thing to get. But a lot of the stuff is just basic spares from cars that 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 you can't find in the market anymore. Um, for an example, um, I had a guy. He had carburetors. Now, obviously, carburetors are going out of fashion these days because everything's electronic. Um, but he he needed some floats for his carburetor. You can't buy them on the market anymore. So he said, "Can you reproduce it?" And that's the type of thing I'm getting quite quite frequently, especially from the classic car market. Yes, I can imagine so. So, what materials can you three D print in? Um, oh, sure. The, the amount of materials is absolutely incredible. Um, PLA, which is a um, biodegradable plant-based material, which is your basic um, material, which almost any 3D printer will use. Um, then there's ABS, carbon fiber, there's glass fiber, there's PEAK, uh, there's uh, HIPS, uh, TPU, which is the, the like the plastic, the rubber casing on your phone, you know, your mobile yes. phone case, that, that rubber casing, the TPU. Then you can print from um, copper, steel, inconel, um, bronze. Um, that's the type of thing I normally would deal with. Um, but I mean, 3D printing, they're 3D printing houses now. You can 3D, there's bio 3D printing. I don't normally do that type of stuff, but it's more more the um, automotive type stuff. And it's, it's just, it's incredible what you can print. Um, you know, even uh, like on heater blocks, I've got this, like these little heater blocks on, uh, which are printed from ceramic. You can get ceramic to print that as well. So you could print ceramic from that. It's almost anything. There's, there's very little you can't 3D print these days. Well, that's uh, that's incredible, especially that you can 3D print a house. Oh, yes. No, they, they 3D print in houses. Uh, I know they're in Mexico, Africa. They're 3D printing houses at, a, at an alarming rate. So, yeah, it's 3D printing houses is incredible. Wow, excellent. So, um, so what has been some of the challenges you found with maybe introducing um, the awareness of 3D printing? I think um, when I started off, because 3D printing on a consumer level is still relatively new, probably about three or four years old. So 3D printing has always been seen as something space agey or um, you know, very expensive. So on a consumer level, 3D printing, people still don't quite understand what 3D printing is and what you can produce with 3D printing. And this is the costing. So I think when I started doing the 3D printing, my biggest challenge was to, um, in educating people of the, um, the consumability of 3D printed parts, where the everyday man can have a 3D printed part, whatever they want. Um, COVID-19 has been really, really good in a really strange way because of the fact um, 3D printing has had so much publicity. Yes. It's easier now to be able to um, talk to people about 3D printing because they understand the concept now after COVID-19 and all the all that um, 3D printing has done to help the NHS and other um, medical institutes around the world. So... That's been my biggest challenge, but yeah. All right, fabulous. So education seems to be the key there, for, the, for especially from a consumer point of view. Yes. I mean, most of the time when I've gone to uh, networking meetings or I've gone, gone to businesses on that, I've used to carry a bag of tricks around, all different 
things that I'd 3D printed in various different materials. So I could then explain to people what I was doing. Um, but after COVID-19, it's been a little bit, it is a, little, a lot easier to explain 3D printing because people kind of get it now. Right, excellent. So you've given us some good ideas about what can be printed, especially car parts seems to be very popular, uh, prototypes. Yeah. And uh, ha- let's take a prototype, for example. Maybe it's a small one, and I know this is going to be an open-ended question. Yeah. A, yeah. A, a small kind of product. How would that compare price-wise to maybe going the traditional route where you get the molds done? And what would be the savings? Okay, well... Um, a student came to me with um, with prototype aeroplane wings. Um, he said to me, "Can you can you make these? We want to run it through a wind tunnel." Traditionally, you would have to either go to a plastic uh, vacuum forming company who would then make a mold out of that, and the, the mold process and um, for from a vacuum forming. Um, point of view, you're looking at about five, five to six hundred pounds to make the mold, to create the mold, to then prepare it and then produce it. You're looking at so about four to five week delivery time. If you want to um, make that prototype out of carbon fiber, the cost would be that that there'd be even much bigger um, I mean you're looking over over a grand, maybe two grand for uh, out of a carbon fiber. Or metal, the a the a traditional machinist will charge around about 175 pounds per hour on a CNC machine. So that takes him three or four hours. You're looking at 175 times three. Coming to me, um, fortunately, the student had the model. If she didn't have the model, um, to draw the to draw the wing uh, would cost about 150 to 200 quid. Depending on if it took me how, if it took me a whole day, it would be 200 pounds to draw the, the wing, and then to actually print the models about 50 quid. So wow. you're looking you're looking at a mass saving where you're looking at um, hundreds, even thousands. I mean, in, um, of you know, to produce a um, prototype, you're looking at probably 50, 60 quid to produce a prototype. Uh, so it, it's yeah, the the cost savings are this so. You know, you're looking at you're reducing cost, you're reducing um, waste, you're re- reducing uh, transport costs. Um, the, the 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 costs are absolutely immense, and you're going from, you know, where you're going from, um, go to a traditional manufacturer. You're looking at a four to six week lead time, or even a three week lead time. I could print that in a day, so. You know, draw it one day, print it the next. That's two days. So you, you, the cost, the waste reduction is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, the big thing in um, manufacturing is lean manufacturing. This is incredibly lean manufacturing. It's I was going to say it's disruptive bones. technology. I think it's. I don't think it'll ever completely replace traditional manufacturing. But it is going to be a great big. It is going to be a big contender. I know Forbes forecasts 3D printing by 2023 to be worth 39 billion dollars globally. So it is a, uh, and that's growing exponentially year year on year by about 20 or 30 percent. So it's it's going to, yeah, it's going to be massive. 
It's going to be massive. Wow, how exciting. Um, well, it's just, I mean, one of the things I think is um, with, you know, with widespread 3D printing, most goods that are designed today will, will be designed on computers. Nowadays, it's all done in a factory where I think we're going to move into a future where um, products and parts are produced on computers and pr printed in people's homes, manufactured in people's homes. Uh, and and if, if you think of the environmental impact on transport, everyone wants to reduce their, their carbon footprint. It's absolutely, the, the, carbon, the, re, the reduction in carbon footprint is you know, massive. Um, you know, and if you look at the, the, the key benefits to 3D printing, four of them that I can think of, speed to market, getting your products to market is key. Get them in, getting them there quickly is key. Design freedom and personalization, cost reduction, as I've mentioned already, and the, the, the environmental friendliness of 3D printing. Because even they even have now where you can, all, all your leftover, all your leftover 3D print filament, you can recycle them and re, reprint it. It's just getting better and better. <laughs> you don't have to, throw, yeah, because you don't have to throw it away. You can grow, you can purchase a little machine, not very expensive, that will actually reproduce all your waste 3D print and turn it back into filament and you can reuse it. So massive. I mean, you think about the, the, the reduction of waste on the environment is absolutely phenomenal. Sorry, wow. I can go on and on. I was going to say, I love your passion. So let's say I'm a car enthusiast or an inventor and I'd like to get some prototypes or a manufacturer looking for some 3D printing. How would they contact you? Normally, I get contacted because I, uh, through my uh, website. I have um, contact forms on my website um, and or they would drop me um, an email that's at info at mitchellson.co.uk. Um, or they can contact me directly through my mobile or, uh, or my phone line, which is um, 023-8124-4996. Um, but, yeah, that's most, most of the times those, that's the best way for them to contact me um, through my website, direct by email, or contacting me on my phone. Excellent. And we'll put that on the website as well. Yeah, great. Thank you. All right. Thank you for sharing your passion. Yeah. No, I love it. I can talk about it forever. Right. Um, 15 minutes is not long enough. No, no, absolutely not. Thank you, Dwight. No, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. And if you know of any other industries or business owners that would be great to highlight on this podcast, do send them my way. And until next time, I'll see you soon. The Federation of Small Businesses with practical help for business owners such as cyber protection. When it comes to cyber risk, FSB cyber protection is more important than ever. Cyber protection gives you access to both the helpline and an insurance designed to support and protect your business at no extra cost. Any questions, contact me at john.cassidy-rice at fsb.org.uk.